I think you know, as soon as you learn something, you're gonna find hunger to to learn something else or push your skills even further. It's like this constant snowball, I suppose. You know, it's never like the learning ends. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name is Femke. And my name is Charlie. Today, our topic comes by way of a listener email. Uh, We're going to be talking about balancing professional growth while getting paid. So how to develop new skills while not taking time away from your current projects or perhaps incorporating those new skills into paid for projects. Shall I just read out Alex's email to start, do you think, Fem? Yes, I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, so Alex emailed and said, One of my biggest challenges is to keep balance between professional growth, I'm a self-taught graphic designer, and getting paid, the hunt for clients. At the moment, I'm only doing freelance work and I like it very much, but my skills are not so high and I'm constantly in a loop trying to get some money. Instead of learning new skills and practice, I need to search for potential clients or participate in contests. And obviously, I'm not doing this well enough since my skills are drowning because of not having enough room to breathe because I need the money. So it does sound like Alex is in a tough situation, and I'm sorry to hear this. So hopefully we can shed some ad- some light and some advice in this episode and, and help you out. First though, Femme, I think we have something pretty big we need to talk about. Yes. We basically gave birth to a child, I feel like, last <laughs> week. <laughs> yes, that's that's how exciting it is, right? Like, it feels super exciting. Yes, we've been so, like happily surprised to see how many people have joined our community already that we started. We mentioned last episode we've been talking about for a while, but if you're new around here, it's a place where you can join and find like-minded creatives to talk about issues you're facing and share resources, share advice. It's proved to be pretty useful so far. Uh, So many people have joined, in fact, that we will soon be closing registration. Uh, It'll be closing on Wednesday, 19th of July. Should we say at like 10 p.m. UK time, fam, so that yes. I can be awake to turn it off. Yes, that sounds good. <laughs> cool. So if you are wanting to get in and check it out, please sign up in the next couple of days so that yeah, you can get in before we close it off. We just want to make sure it doesn't get too big because this is a community that will be paid for after this three-month beta trial we have going on. Uh, so we don't want it to, I don't know, get too overwhelming in this in this free period so that there's not enough uh, space and room to have good conversations and be able to give value to people. So, yeah. Does that make sense, Fem? Have I explained everything correctly? Yes, yes. I think if you want to join and be a part of a beta, then do so before this Wednesday. I don't think we'll be closing it now forever. This isn't like a forever it's closed no, totally. and you'll never be able to join again. Uh, we're just going to be temporarily closing it for now and it's likely that we will reopen it in the future, but we are not exactly sure when that is yet. But if you have joined already, thank you so, so much. We've been pleasantly overwhelmed with how many of you have joined. And already there's amazing discussions being had with people helping each other out. So thank you if you have joined. And if you haven't, then you can head to designlife.fm slash community. And there you can register and be a part of it. But make sure you do so by 10 p.m. on Wednesday. And if you're listening to this and it's after Wednesday... Head to that page anyway and you can sign up to be notified when spots open up. You're basically going on the wait list. So yeah, we'll let you know if someone leaves and there's a space for you to join or if we open up registration again. So I guess we've both had a pretty good week then. (laughs) Yes, I think we have. (laughs) Yeah, I've been uh, totally, I don't know, it's so cool to see all these people join and I mean... 
I guess for the last week, opening this community has really been my focus for the last week. Yeah. And so it's been super fun and fun to do it with you too, Charlie, actually. Like you're a super cool side project partner to have. So it's been really, really awesome to finally launch this and be able to do this together. So big two thumbs up for me for, for the last week has been really, really good. Yeah, I think it's been my main focus as well, I guess especially now that it's launched like I'm so excited to dive in every morning and see who's joined and like Mm -hmm. welcome them and hear their story it's very exciting but I must say that Femme you have definitely done the bulk of the lifting on this community setup process so everyone give like a silent round of applause to Femme (laughs) right now please because it would not be live without her that's for sure oh you're too kind it was fun I I learned a lot about WordPress plugins (laughs) great yeah So for this episode about balancing professional growth and getting paid, so the email that we got from Alex, Alex is a freelancer, I believe, and so they are currently doing freelance work. And for me, from my perspective, I've never been a full-time freelancer. So I, I guess I've never really been in this position where you kind of have that scarcity mindset where you have to continue client work and, you know, you got to get money coming in through the door. But then at the same time, maybe your skills aren't quite there yet. And so I guess it's this sort of awkward place to be where you need to make money, but you don't feel like you have strong enough skills to provide in order to make that money. So from my point of view where I work full time, when I have had times or or moments where there's a skill that I'm lacking or that I really want to learn more of, usually what I try and do is find a way to bring that bring that into my into my work. So for example, one thing that I did a lot recently in my job was video work. And I in the past have not been very good at creating videos. And so what I did actually was I seeked out Uh, a course. So I found this course that I really wanted to do that provided, you know, good, good tutorials and good learning steps to learning how to create these sort of product screen share style videos. And I actually managed to get my work to support that. And then I could actually complete that course at my work, which was super cool. And obviously not everybody gets uh, that privilege to do that. Uh, But I guess that's just a little example to kick off the episode of how I've been in a situation where I've been lacking a skill and how I managed to, to learn that skill on the job, I suppose. Yeah, I have a similar one actually with my learning to code. It was a similar situation where it needed to happen for work. And so I was able to learn on company time. I did a lot of learning out of company time too, obviously, because there was still the projects to complete. Yeah. But uh, yeah, work paid for the treehouse account and I've been able to get up to speed on the job. So it's been okay that I've taken longer to code some pages than perhaps a professional might because they understood that I was learning and, you know, I was allowed to have that time and space, which was so handy. And I would definitely recommend if you do work for a company that you know, you think might support learning, or even if you don't think they will, you might as well try. If there's something that you think could be beneficial to your job and that you'd like to learn it anyway, I mean, talk to your manager and and see if it's something that could be incorporated in your projects. I mean, if it's something that you can add value and perhaps free up someone else's time, I just can't imagine why they wouldn't want to go for it, right? And the way my manager put it when I was feeling down about how slow I was compared to how... Uh, Dylan, the other designer there, would would code a page. 
he was like, look, we're, I see it as we're making the investment now and we're going slow now so that we can be faster in the future because we'll have two of you who are able to design and code. And I was like, yeah, you know what? That does make sense and I should stop feeling bad about myself. Yeah, I think some workplaces even provide a sort of professional development budget, you know, so you actually, that's part of your job is you get the freedom to learn something new or or maybe it's like go to a conference or something and, and grow your, your own professional yeah. skills, which I think is, is really cool, but obviously not every place uh, provides that, which is unfortunate, but I don't know, I guess from a freelancer's perspective where you don't necessarily get that privilege from someone like an employer, it's more up to you, I suppose, to figure out how you're going to learn those skills or grow grow your own professional development while still bringing money in the door and balancing that client work. So I don't know, how, how have you ever been in that situation with a client project or something where there's a skill that you're lacking or need to learn and how how do you learn that basically? I feel like I've, I've done a quite a bit of branding work in my freelance and I've never done branding work as part of my job particularly, you know. And so mm-hmm. I feel like the first time I took on a branding project, I was like, well, this is all new to me. And I had to do a lot of research about what I should offer the client, like what I sh- what deliverables should even be for a logo. And yeah, really hone those logo design skills on the job. But because I have other graphic design skills, I felt confident taking that job on because I felt like I was just going to be applying those skills in a different way, you know. So yeah, I've definitely done it before where I have been hired for freelance projects where it isn't my like, you know, most confident skill set. <laughs> and I I mean, I don't want to say I winged it because that makes it sound like I was like careless <laughs> with it and, you know, but I, there is an element of fake it till you make it, I think. But you do have to be confident that you can achieve it. Like I would hate to take on a client project thinking like, yeah, I can totally do that. And then discover halfway through that you can't. That's that's just being irresponsible, I think. So you do have to be careful there. Yeah, when I first started freelancing, it, it was a happy accident. I think I've talked about it on the show before, but I was putting lettering pieces out on Instagram and then someone yeah, contacted right. me asking to do a lettering piece for a T-shirt. And I was like sure like I've never done a client project in my life and I have no idea how this works and you know the lettering pieces I was doing was just you know for fun like it wasn't super professional I wasn't analyzing over the vector points and whatever it was just more a a way for me to play and explore and then suddenly I was like oh okay well this is like super professional now and I have to figure out how to make a proper piece of art that someone's actually paying me for and they're going to use and how does how does that work what things do I have to take into consideration if it's being put on a t-shirt and I had no idea about that stuff when I took on the project <laughs> obviously I'd, I'd never really made a t-shirt uh, but I, I felt confident I think that's important what you said about having at least a little bit of confidence that you can do it and I basically just said yes and learnt as I went on, on throughout the project, I learned what I needed to do and things that I needed to consider and learnt and grew that way. What you said about that being your first client project as well made me think that, I mean, it's not like we sit here as designers and learn absolutely everything we possibly can about the client designer process and, you know, have that all sorted before we ever take on a first client. 
I would say that most of us learn by doing with that, right? And we often learn from our mistakes as well. Uh, definitely. Uh, you know, just by, by diving in and getting things wrong and then realizing that that's something we need to fix for next time. I think that there can't be as much of an element of that in the actual work we're doing because you can't give a client a bad product at the end of a project, right? That's just not acceptable. But there is an element of, of knowing some basics and then diving in and figuring out what you need to know on the job. Something I really like that Jill has said in a response in our community, because we can ask for questions there now, which is exciting. She said, if a client approached me and were happy to pay for me to learn on the job so that they got what they wanted, that's another thing in, in relation to the fact that she often will learn through a side project first so that she's not totally out of her depth if the client asks for it. But she says, but as a freelancer, I understand that ongoing training is my responsibility, just like my pension, insurance, taxes, etc. It's all on me. And... I think that is the thing to keep in mind for freelancers, that you can't expect that clients will be happy for you to go slow like they would if, if it was your day job, for example, where they're much more willing to make an investment into your future, an investment into your future at the company. You know, you can't particularly do that with freelance. And so I do believe that in Alex's case in particular, that side projects are the way to go. And if you're finding that there's physically not enough time for side projects and that you're having to spend every single waking moment working on paid-for projects in order to make the rent or whatever, that would be a sign to put your prices up, I think. So it sounds like there's sort of two options here for Alex. They could either try and incorporate it into existing or new client projects, or they could explore a side project and do it in their personal time and as sort of personal learning on the side. Is there one in particular you would recommend? Well, I, from the email, it doesn't sound like Alex is particularly confident in the skills that, that they're trying to develop. And so I would say that the side project option has to be the way to go mm-hmm. in, in this case, because you do have to make the client feel like they trust you, right? And them feel confident in your abilities. And you can't make the client feel confident in your abilities if you don't feel confident in your abilities. Yeah, no, I think that's good advice. I mean, Taking on a client project and, or agreeing to to do a project with a skill set that you don't have is probably not the wisest thing to do. I think you can quickly get yourself into really muddy water very, very yeah. quickly. Uh, so I, I think I would agree that if you're not feeling maybe a client comes to you with this project and it sounds really good and maybe it requires a skill that you want to have or that you wish you did have but you don't right now. I, I wouldn't recommend taking it on. I think it's probably better to explore that in a side project or incorporate your know, personal learning on the side of your freelancing and grow and develop it that way. And then when you feel a little bit more confident, then perhaps you could take on projects that require that skill. And I would say too that when you are working on freelance projects that have a new skill involved, it should be just that, that a new skill is involved in it. It's not the whole thing. You know what I mean? So... For example, I've been talking to a client recently about possibly working on a redesign of a website and it would involve the build of it as well. And I've not done a build project for a freelance client before. Obviously, I've been building lots of sites at work since January, but Mm -hmm. yeah, so that would be a new thing. But there's a few elements that I'm already confident with that it's a WordPress site and that's what I've been working on and learning. So I feel, you know, comfortable and okay with that. And I know that I would be fine on the design side 
And for the most part on the coding side, I know there would be things that I'd run into that I would have issues with, but I would be willing to basically for this project, if it goes through, I will not be paid my usual rate if you were to break down, you know, your rate and what you get paid by hours. Not that we charge that way. We have episodes about that. that (laughs) But you know what I mean? That this would technically be a project like if I was skilled and if I was doing this as a totally confident person, I would be underpaid. But I'm happy to work for a lower rate because uh, I know I'm going to need to take longer to do it than perhaps someone would who has been doing this for years and already knows everything. Does that make sense? I feel so, like I explained that terribly. So you're purposefully lowering your rate because you're not fully confident in your skill set or, or you don't believe you're the best person in the world to do the project? I think that it's more that I would be lowering the rate so that there would be other considerations to be made. So whereas like I would get more time, for example, on it than, than someone else would. So I would be taking longer, but I will be charging less. So that would make me, I guess, more desirable to work with. And maybe it might make up for the fact that I won't be doing it as quickly. Okay, I I got it. Yeah, so you're sort of making up for the fact that you are going to take a little bit more time to complete the project. Yeah. I think the ideal situation really for like working with a client on a new skill would be for it to be perhaps like a charity project that you're doing as a pro bono thing for example, because then you get complete control over the project. You should always have complete control if it's pro bono. Like the client doesn't really get to dictate many things when when they're not paying for it. And so that could be an ideal situation actually for, for trying something new out. And a few people mentioned that in the comments. But right now, yeah, this is an opportunity that's come my way and I would be excited to have the project to work on because I learn best when I'm actually doing a thing rather than just, you know, taking courses or or playing around with something. I need to actually have a project for it to fully sink in and for me to fully improve in my process and improve my workflow. So that's another reason for me to be thinking about discounting my, like what a regular rate should be for this project is because I would be getting a lot of non-monetary benefits from doing it as well. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And if I think back, that's reminding me of a project that I once did that I did for free and there was a lot of creative freedom in the project. So I I took it as an opportunity to explore a new style and totally cool. like go beyond my normal regular creative boundaries which which was really cool. So it was a nice opportunity to explore and develop that style within me and the fact that it was free or that I did it for free I suppose uh, gave me that creative freedom to to play a little bit more in a sort of I wouldn't say like relaxed project, but, you know, I suppose you just have a little bit more of that wiggle room and a little bit more control. Yeah. And if you're doing a project for free, I think you should always be getting a benefit like that. Like you should always be getting something for your time, whether it's the opportunity to explore a new style or just to enjoy what you're doing, then yeah, that's great. That's an ideal situation to have. I really like what Zach said and Essentially, what he said was that he only will take on a project that's outside of his skill set with an existing client. So he won't take Ooh, on yeah, a, on a good. new project, a new client. And this is what he said. He says, I only do this with existing clients or people that I already have a built relationship with. Then we have a conversation of, hey, I'd love to do this. It's not where my skill set is the strongest. So it will take me longer than someone who's experienced. 
but I'm happy to find a second freelancer to collaborate with or we can figure it out together. This has worked for me 100% of the time in the past and I've done a good job of building the freelancer slash client relationship so that they'll trust me to learn as I go. I love that. That's amazing. It sounds like Zach is really good at picking out the right clients for yep, sure. <laughs> for sure. And I, I think that's awesome too, to if if you've got a recurring client and they come back asking for something that's maybe, you know, a little bit beyond, I think how he handles it of, you know, sort of giving two options like, you know, either you're gonna have to be really patient with me on this or we can look into collaborating with another freelancer who does have the skill set. You know, providing those two options I think is good. And even if you do collaborate with someone, maybe someone who's super skilled and experienced in that skill, I don't think that means you're missing out on all of the learning. I think No, because you can learn from them, right? Exactly. I think that's also a really, really good opportunity for you to actually learn from someone else in a really you know close way because you're collaborating together so I think there's a lot of benefit in doing that as well yeah totally that's something that uh, those of us who work for a company get to benefit from is learning from a team but when you're a freelancer Mm -hmm. you don't have a team you're just you you are your own team and so collaborating with others is a great way to get that peer learning experience I guess something I like that Eric said is that if it's so outside of my skill set I won't take it on But if it's an extension of the skills I already know, then I see client projects as a challenge or learning opportunity. Mm. I think this is really important. You don't want to be tackling a client project with a totally new skill that you've not, you feel incompetent in yet. It should always be an extension. So like in my case, the developing the WordPress site, this is an extension of the skills I already have. I'm already designing uh, individual landing pages or sections within a current WordPress site. And so to then think ahead to do a whole one, I mean, it's a leap, but it's not that far of a leap, you know, whereas I'm trying to think of an example of something that's not too out there that I could possibly ask to do. Maybe like like motion it, design wa- or something. Maybe? Yeah, that's a great example. If someone wanted to hire me to do motion graphics, I vaguely know that, but that is quite outside of my professional skill set. So that's not something that I should be taking on. Yes, I have the basics, but it would take a lot for me to get to that professional level. And so I'm aware of that. And I don't think that 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 would do that for a client. So I think you'll know that within yourself, right? What skills you have that are very beginner level and are only suitable for working on your own stuff and which ones just need that little extra push to be at that professional level. Yeah, I'm thinking what if, for example, let's say that motion graphics was something that you wanted to become super professional mm-hmm. in but right now you don't have the skill set and it's it's not an extension per se but it's something that maybe you want to add to your offerings or whatever what would you do then would you would your answer be different I think that it would be all about side projects and personal projects yeah to learn and to build up skills until I felt confident enough to perhaps I don't know maybe do something for a friend so that I had something for my portfolio that wasn't just my own work Surely someone I know needs an introduction for their YouTube channel, for example, and I could take that on as a, you know, as a pro bono uh, personal project thing before I was ready to then dive into actual client work. I think baby steps is key. So you want to learn by yourself first, work with, I mean, we always say not to work with friends or family, right? But if someone needs something and it's the skill that you're wanting to learn, then use it as a project to learn with. And then make the step into client work, I think. Like, move there gradually, don't dive in head first. 
Would you ha- handle it the same way? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably handle it the same way in terms of taking on or creating a side project for myself that I can explore a little bit first. And then once I'm feeling a bit confident, jump into a project. And I actually want to talk about side projects for a second here because sure. we're recommending a lot that you should use side projects as a as a way to learn and develop this skill that you might be missing or that you want to learn in order to gain some confidence. And I'm I'm worried that Alex might be hearing us saying this and thinking, but I don't have time for a side project. I, I'm too busy trying to make money and working on my existing projects to make time for a side project within my schedule. So I guess maybe we should touch a little bit on that about how to potentially make time for a side project and make time for that personal development because I'm sure you agree with me, Charlie, that I think as a freelancer, it's up to you to to build that into your routine and build that into your schedule and make some time for your own professional development. Because unlike being employed at a at a workplace, it's not built into your your routine or to your your job description, I suppose. As a freelancer, it's really your responsibility to make the time for that. So I guess, I don't know, do you have any tips or advice on how Alex could bring side projects into their existing workflow? Yo, like I said before, I think that if you physically are having to work every single second you're awake in order to, you know, make the rent, then you need to look at putting your rates up. And if you can't do that yet, then perhaps it's maybe time to think about getting a second job that will cover the bills so that you have that time and space to learn, you know, Mm. because I think all of us, if we look at our days, there's always some margin where we can squeeze in something that will help for our future. I know I often spend my time on Twitter, on Instagram, watching Netflix, you know, you find yourself in these situations. And those are situations where instead I could be spending improving my skills and improving learning. Obviously, you're allowed to have downtime, not saying that. And we have uh, episodes about the importance of relaxing and things like that. But yeah, I do think that you'd be surprised at how much you can fit into your day and how if you really want this and if you really want to get better at the skill, you will be able to find the time to include it. What do you think, though? Am I being too harsh? No, I I think that's actually really good advice. And I guess all I would add is just building it into your routine and and making a habit out of it. So Yeah, that's important. Don't just wait for that opportunity when suddenly you find yourself with a free hour in your day or something because it's probably not going to happen very often. Yeah. And so I I do think that it's important to be intentional about it to some point. And and maybe it could be something like what we used to do when we lived together a few years ago is we would do lettering while watching a movie. Yes, you know, did. there's always those opportunities too where you can, you know, it I don't think it always has to be 100% dedicated focus. You've got your blinders on sort of time. I mean, obviously that when you do have have the time to do that, that's really, really valuable to just be able to sit and focus and, and not have any distractions or anything else going on around you. But maybe just to start with, it could be incorporating it into something within your existing routine you know maybe you commute every day instead of listening to music you could listen to a podcast like this one maybe or (laughs) maybe you could you know make sure you always have your sketchbook in your bag so that when you're sitting waiting at the doctor's office for 30 minutes because your doctor's late because when are they not late you know you can start sketching uh just you know be a little bit intentional about it I think and make sure that you're aware of these opportunities and you also 
uh, you know, after a time, I think also you start creating them yourselves and creating them yourself and making those opportunities and opening up that space for you rather than just, you know, waiting for that free hour that, that might or might not come. Yeah, totally agree. That's, that's great advice there. And yeah, that's what I mean. There's always the space that you can work into your day, right? For example, have we done an episode about getting up early? I feel like we have. I'm pretty sure we have. Yeah, that's something both Fem and I do to give ourselves some extra time in our day. And I would highly recommend it if you are struggling to find that that space to build a routine with. What I do like, though, you know, something positive I'm going to say about Alex's email is that I am impressed that they realize that they need to grow in order to be able to charge, you know, what they want to charge. That's that's the first step right there. Right. So many people would just suffer and complain but I like that Alex is being proactive and wanting to learn and wanting to improve because it's easy to get stuck in our ways, right? Especially when we've been doing this for a while. It's easy to not learn anymore and just to stick with what we know because it's the tried and true. But learning is important, I think, and as designers especially, I think we should constantly be challenging our skills and learning new things. So even if we're not in this situation where perhaps we're feeling like, oh, we need to grow in order to be able to charge more or whatever. I think a lot of us, a lot of people listening should be able to relate to this episode because we always want to be trying new things and investing time into our skills. And I I, I guess to be the bearer of bad news, I don't think that ever goes away either. Nope. I don't think it should go away. <laughs> I think, you know, as soon as you learn something, you're going to find hunger to, to learn something else or push your skills even yeah. further. It's like this constant snowball, I suppose. You know, it's never like the learning ends. We've we've talked about that many times. I think, I think you're always going to want to learn and explore more. And so this prob- problem, I guess, is, is never going to go away. And so that's why I think it's important to find a way to bring learning and professional development into your sort of routine is something that's always got a a space there rather than just something that you are going to decide to do temporarily and then move on. Yeah, totally. Do you want to bring in a couple more words of advice from our listeners because there's some good ones in here? Yes. Do you want to share? Yeah. So Matt said that I will use a project as a chance to learn something if I feel I can but just don't have that knowledge yet. So again, it's that extension of skills, I think, rather than just the something totally new. But he said, I'll discount the project accordingly. And most importantly, in my opinion, I'll be totally upfront with the client so that they understand the situation and how it's affected the price and also the timescale of the project. Generally, though, I'll try to learn more through personal projects, but often it's client requests that require the new skills that I haven't used in personal projects anyway. So this is interesting. Sounds like Matt often has, well, every now and then has clients come along who are requesting something that is perhaps an extension of his skills. And that's where this you know, need to learn comes from. And I think that's pretty cool. It obviously shows that Matt has proven himself to be a talented person. And so his clients are feeling okay to ask for these sorts of things. I like the bit about being totally upfront with the client. What do you think about that? Because I think that sounds scary, but I do like it. Uh, Yeah, it does sound scary because you want to come off as, you know, you know what you're doing and I know all the things and I'm the best person for the job. And so I think it can be scary or it can feel vulnerable, I guess, to admit like, oh, I don't actually you know, know everything about this, but I'm really keen to and maybe we can work together learning learning about this thing. So I, I mean, client communication is always super, super important. And 
I, I think it's it's good advice what Matt says about being upfront about it, especially early on rather than when you get halfway through and it's like Oh yeah, totally. Uh I think that way, can be really awkward. <laughs> yeah. So make sure you're upfront about that early on, I think I would I would advise. And this is where I think back to was it Zach who had the advice that he does this with existing clients rather than new yes, ones? Yes, yeah. Because they're gonna be much more likely like they already know your skills. You've already lived with them for them in the past, so they're going to be much more likely to trust you with learning something new. Jill says, I find a way to integrate the learning into a side project first so that I'm not totally out of my depth if a client asks about it. So again, side projects sounds like the smart way to go. Anton said, I see this as a great opportunity to learn. I never work for free unless it's charity, but I do heavily discount pricing on stuff that I don't feel I'm a master in. So this seems to be quite a common theme, actually, of people discounting. Yeah, I was pleased to see this, you know, because that's what I was thinking of doing for this project that I was talking about. But then I was like, oh, am I like going against my industry? Am I harming it? But I think if the client knows that you're on the learning process and that's why they're getting it discounted, like Matt said, he always explains to the client why this affects the price. I think that that's okay. And it seems like a lot of people do it. But I mean, I'm happy to have a debate about this as well. So if you're listening and think this is totally wrong, please tell us on Twitter. We would (laughs) love to talk about it. We're at Design Life FM on there and we'd love to hear your thoughts. Twinkle said, by the way, amazing name, just saying that, but Twinkle said, uh, I keep in mind not to take on an urgent project with a client if it's something that I'm going to be using as a learning Mm. investment in time. This is really important. I I think it's really irresponsible to take on an urgent project when it's something that you know you're going to have to do learning for. Yeah. Because when there's learning about to happen, you don't actually... Like, it's hard to scope, right? You can't properly scope the project because you haven't done it before, so you don't know how long it'll take. And so it's irresponsible to take it on with a short deadline when you know that you might potentially not meet that, you know? And I think you've got to be careful about that. So let's not be overconfident with our skills here, I guess is the advice. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's good advice. I mean, projects always take longer than you think they're going to take. Even the ones where you're you're confident in and you've done it before, it it always takes longer than you think because unexpected things crop up or something needs something, someone needs something, etc. So I think Definitely, if it's an urgent project and it's something that you're not confident in, I would back away because I think you're only going to start stressing and freaking yourself out and that is not a good place to be in. Yeah, and worst of all, you potentially might not make the deadline and then you're, you know, being irresponsible to your clients. So avoid short deadlines when learning something new. I like Steve's approach to learning new things. He says... Sometimes you can't find the thing you need for a project where normally you'd turn to something ready-made, such as an icon set or stock photography, etc. And these represent opportunities for yourself if you have the time to do so, not the cost of deadlines. I think he means to like create it yourself. Then when you've built some confidence, you could branch out that way. With this approach, you probably already have a reasonable handle on the skill already and just not be known for it. So again, this is the idea of having this new skill be a smaller part of a project to start with. So, for example, I'm not going to take on a project that is about doing a photo shoot, but I might potentially take photos to use within a web design myself rather than using stock ones, you know? So that's a way for me to develop my photography skills and and the eye for that without taking on a project that's all about photography. 
Mm, I guess it's about having your eyes open for those small opportunities within an existing project, right? Yeah, and I like the way that Steve is obviously keeping an eye out for that and for opportunities to learn. Yeah, that that's a nice way to learn as well, I think, is just do it on a small scale within an existing project if it makes sense. Well, I feel like, I don't know, have you got any last words of advice that we want to share for Alex in particular? I hope that this whole episode has been useful advice, but, you know. Yeah, no, I feel like the advice that we've gotten from some of the community members has been really awesome. And yeah. I, but before doing this and reading these these responses from our community members I never really thought about the whole discounting thing in order to sort of make up for your lack of skills but to me I feel like that does make sense but yeah I'd be super keen to hear if there's someone listening that disagrees with that or maybe has a better way of of doing that then I'd be super interested in hearing because I mean the way I'm rationalizing it with myself is that there's always going to be clients who need things at different levels And not every client can afford the best of the best. Like, that is just a fact. You're going to get the people who need the cheaper work. And so instead of having that cheaper work be crappy work, you know, that someone is doing it quickly to get it out of the way, why not it be a project where someone is wanting to learn so that they can get out of that stage of doing the cheap work and get into the the higher stage? I don't know. As long as there is that consideration and the extra time allowed for learning, I don't think it's a bad thing. But again, like I said, happy to be proven wrong. So tweet us. We are at Design Life FM on Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And you can find past episodes at designlife.fm. And community is closing on Wednesday, but if you'd like to get in, then you can head to designlife.fm slash community. And we'd love for you to join. There's wonderful, wonderful, friendly people already in the community. So come and join us. We've had a few people ask for mp3 downloads of the episodes as well, and uh, we'll say that those are available for community members. So if that's something that you've been wanting, head on and join. Chat to you next week. Bye, fam. Bye.